Good evening, fans of the band Disturbed. I have some bad news for you coming up, but welcome anyways to Slow Motion Triple Feature, a podcast in which three friends watch three movies over the course of three weeks. Each month, a different friend will select a different triple feature for their friends to enjoy and discuss. Slow Motion Triple Feature is one of the many fine podcasts brought to you by the American Friend Institute. I'm your host, Mike Keller, and I am joined today by my good friends, Kit and Andrew. Tonight, we're finishing up Mike's Creepy Peepers Triple Feature with 2007's Oh, I put it in wrong. Disturbia, uh, directed by DJ Caruso and starring Shia LaBeouf, which is how I say it. I don't know if that's Mike, appropriate or not. Yes. Uh, what about fans of the song Disturbia by Rihanna? They're welcome. Okay. Which came out like I think they'll at be the pleased. Same time, I think. Was yeah, it? Was I think it, it was a little later. No. No. Okay. But all it made me think of was this movie. Like she got the idea from the movie or something. Not that Disturbia. she wrote the song, yeah. but you know. I think the movie came first. Yes. Rihanna is always ripping off Shia LaBeouf movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love uh, her song, uh, Transformers <clears throat> Revenge of the Fallen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's really good. It is actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, um, had you guys seen Disturbia before? Uh, yeah, I'd seen it a few. T- I saw it in the theater, and then I saw it a couple <laughs> of times after. Why is that funny? I just never stop being amazed at what you've seen, which is basically everything. Yeah, especially oh, from yeah. this period. Well, most like, of our this was like can't can't miss can't miss Disturbia. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, in two thousand seven, I wasn't old enough to drink. I didn't have a lot of money, mm-hmm. and. I went to, I mean, I saw this with most of our friends, so. Yeah, I probably wouldn't see it because it would be too scary. But yeah, I feel like this is a good example of a PG-13 horror movie. It's not a great film, but it's still not like, even it's, Not it, even a horror movie. It's like a like thriller, right? Oh, no, it's a, yeah, it's more a thriller than a horror film. But I mean, like, people always say, like, oh, like a horror movie can't be good if it's PG-13 because they just had to water it down. I was. I feel like this would be a good thriller for teens i i was kind of thinking about that it's just clearly supposed to be for teens yeah yeah so there's there, there was two things that i noticed uh about that is that uh all the actors m- pretty much appear like their actual age group and then um yeah. i think that the so and then the violence i thought was like pretty like it was, it, the the violence was pretty hardcore for I think a movie that is actually intended for like a fifteen to seventeen year old. Mm-hmm. You know, not yeah. not like not like um, you know, I remember Cabin in the Woods was like a big movie around this time, maybe a couple years prior, and I remember like every kid in high school went and saw Cabin in the Woods or Cabin Fever. Sorry, not Cabin in the Woods, Cabin Fever. Um, oh yeah, and that's not like. It, that is obviously for teenagers, but it's also like not because you can't get into it without an ID. So this is like a movie right. that is to me that's like a tiny bit scarier than your normal like teen movie, whatever that is. Um, and you can and kids can actually access it like easily without having to tell a lie, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, keeping our kids honest. That's that's good. I agree. <laughs> And this movie actually was originally um, rated R, just so you know. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. See, yep. and I kind of wondered, because there were moments where I was like, this is a bit much for, you know, like mm-hmm. some some of the like slamming somebody against the wall or some of the gore in the basement toward the end. Yeah, I liked that. I, I thought like, that was great. 
Yeah. I didn't like it. Um, yeah. What would you it, think about the movie, Kit? Had you seen it before? No. Well, actually, I think you have. <laughs> what? Yeah, I watched it with you. Uh, I don't remember it at all, so well, I don't fine. know. That's fine. Um, I thought. So here's the thing, Shia LaBeouf, particularly of this era, to me is just so entertaining no matter what piece of shit he's in including like transformers where he's mostly just screaming the entire time like he is just funny and a good actor and he's always doing little bits of business like lee and i were laughing at his choices like Mm -hmm. the whole time he's just he's very charismatic and fun to watch as just a guy by himself in a house so that was all good i thought there were certain moments where when the movie wasn't just like trying to remake rear window or the shining and was actually doing sort of its own original thing. It was interesting. Like when he shows up in the reflect, the bad guy shows up in the reflection of Shia LaBeouf's computer. Um, Like that's a very scary shot. Um, I thought the use of the ankle bracelet and how it becomes imperative, even though you kind of know that you can kind of predict that that's what's going to happen. But like him then just desperate to get beyond the boundary of the house of the cops will come. That was great. Good. Good idea for, you know, a reversal of his, you know, his journey so far. Um, I think. I think, though, that the movie didn't, like, pick a kind of movie to be. Because when it's, like, a sexy teen romance, the music is just absurd. (laughs) It's, like, it's such a... It sucks. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, I don't... This just doesn't feel like the same thing. And then the mystery... when 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 things would get... I wish it was more subtle. Like, in a way, I wish it was more like Rear Window, where part of why Rear Window is fun is because it feels like this could be happening to you. You know what I mean? Like, if yeah. if I were to sit in my house and witness a, witness a murder or become suspicious that my neighbor was a murderer, it feels like it could sort of unfold like Rear Window does. There's nothing too over the top to be mm-hmm. believed in a way, maybe until like the ending when, you know, the guy's hanging him out of window and stuff. But the, and this movie had pieces of that where I was almost really hoping that <laughs> obviously. Okay. So, you know, David Morse is the bad guy from the beginning one, because he's David Morse two, because <laughs> of the haircut hairstyle he has three, because They've made him. They picked someone who looks as much like Raymond Burr in Rear Window as they as they could. <laughs> and yeah. for the earring. And the earring, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. But I think the movie would have been more interesting if something. It just. It's so ob. There are just moments where it's so blatant, like the part where there's the part where he and the, where Shia and the girl are making out, and like for the first and only time, really we suddenly see things that the neighbor is doing that Shia isn't seeing. Yeah. Like him. And it's like him dragging a bloody body downstairs. 
And it's just like, well, why are we breaking this conceit of like us viewing the name, like a voyeurism for this one moment, especially since mm. seconds later, the girl gets up and is like, oh shit, look at this. Yeah. So they're just. Well, real were, quick on, on that. Yeah. So two, there's two things that I kind of wonder about that specific scene is one, um, they, so later that turns into kind of a reveal, right? Like that, right. oh, there's a, so it kind of, it kind of backpedals. So it sort of, it's telling the audience blatantly, oh, this is happening and ruining that conceit, but then they reestablish it later. Mm-hmm. So I don't, and then, and then I also, this might be a little bit of a reach, but like, I kind of wonder, like, are, are people so familiar with Rear Window that like, it's sort of like you're not going to convince anybody. So why even try, I guess, is my question. Well, that... him dragging that body down the stairs is, is rear window. Him wearing a wig to go take to take the girl's car away. Mm-hmm. Rear window. There's a little dog in this movie. And it's like, <laughs> uh, you know, he strangles a bunny or whatever. I sort of skipped that scene. Like, it is so rear window-y. But like... And obviously that's on purpose. And I think you could be right that they're maybe trying to subvert your expectation for Rear Window. But it doesn't do anything fun with that, really. Like, that guy... And then it just becomes this, like, H.H. Holmes-style, infinitely Hmm. large horror house. Yeah. Where, like, really? Nobody... (laughs) He's got... I mean, there's like dozens of corpses. I also I don't know <laughs> much about there. I don't know much about like foundations for houses, but I don't know if you can just dig like trenches around your pilings <laughs> or pylons or yeah. whatever they're called. Like I don't know if I don't know that the integrity of the earth can uh, withstand you moving all the dirt around the spot that's supporting the. <laughs> the house up every everything just got so big whereas like mm-hmm. like shia's house is insane his room is i've never seen a bigger room for a yeah. child in a movie <laughs> but the house is beautiful and i think using that craftsman style that has a lot of windows but is still sort of dark no matter what is like mm-hmm. a really interesting idea there was also but he doesn't stay in the house enough like there's not they don't do enough with the house and then there's that really interesting moment did you notice where his friend who that guy used to be in every single movie but his friend comes over and shia has taken him to see something and they pass through his dad's office and shia like just walks right through it like come see this and the friend like pauses for a moment and like looks around the dad's office you know, like he's like maybe he also misses Shia's dad. And like that's that's interesting. Like, how is this going to have to do with the movie? Though has nothing to do with the dad's death. Yeah. Other than Other that, than... it's why he punches his teacher. Right. But there's yeah. no like reckoning with grief or. I think there I is. I thought maybe early the neighbor on. was gonna start. I think there is early in the movie, like when yes. he's first alone in the house, and there is that moment where he does like enter his dad's office for the first time, um, and there is like hints yes. of like, okay, now he has to be alone with his grief. 
But the mystery and the obsession has nothing to do with it. There's not really an implication that, oh, he's trying to save these girls because he couldn't save his dad or something like that. It would have something to do with his relationship with his mother that has been suffering because of this event or something like that. Like it would be like, well, he does save. He does. He does save his mom when he couldn't save his dad. So maybe that's That's true. Maybe that's the thing. But it doesn't. We don't see that as an emotional, like, we have to put that together. Right. Whereas, to me, it would be like in Rear Window, there's all that discussion of, like, Grace Kelly and J- Jimmy Stewart's relationship, right? And how he thinks that she's too, like, prissy and pampered to mm-hmm. be his kind of girl. And what we learn by the end of the movie is that she's, like, a super brave, like, tough, crazy bitch. And right. they're actually, like, perfect for each other. And it actually has those two plots are like that plot is connected to the mystery that they're unraveling together. Whereas in here, it's like it's literally just the inciting incident for him to have a bracelet on. So, yeah, or I don't. So there's no. Yeah, it just anyway. None of it really gelled. I think it could have been. There are moments that are scary. The moment where he thinks he sees something through that grate on the camera great but then we do the enhance bullshit and it's just like clear as day human face like fuck that (laughs) i felt like this movie was mix uh missing like like some part of the like the last part of a second act and the first part of a third act like it just kind of like yes unexpectedly just launches into like oh this is the actual end of the film um uh yeah yeah. i agree that is very surprising how quickly that happens yeah and it's fine like the movie is well paced enough but I mean, well, I wonder it, it it does make the story feel kind of bumpy because like like you said, like that would have been a good way to be like, you know, if they can't zoom in because like that camera probably did not have that sophisticated of uh, exactly. you know, zoom. Yeah, like that many pixels to go into. But yeah, so like that could have been like, well, now we'll investigate this or something. But it just like it launches right into it's also uh, it's also weird that like in rear window. I think there's always a subtext of like voyeurism is not he's being a creep right Right. like jimmy stewart's being a creep and then he does end up solving a murder (laughs) like through his voyeurism but even then the film's not like and voyeurism was good right this movie takes that to be inspired by a movie like Weir Window and by Hitchcock to then have like an entire scene that has nothing to do with the plot (laughs) Of Shia LaBeouf, like, winning the girl because he watches her undress every evening. Yeah. Is so <laughs> That speech bizarre. is so terrible. It it's horrible. <laughs> uh, I actually, that was one of my notes. Uh, you're looking at your books. I'm only looking at you. I was like. Great. Oh, and then cheesy. and then she Where says, she says, that's either the creepiest or the sweetest thing yeah. I've ever heard. And the answer <laughs> is, it is the creepiest, <laughs> not the sweetest. It is creepy. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, that's, I, that's I, ladies I, and movies for you. I thought that was all very rough. I I didn't think it was so. I mean, I also thought, yeah. I mean, Jimmy Jimmy or uh, excuse me, James Stewart is. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is like the two people I can think of who could sell these roles. You know, creepers who are confined to their homes, who are spying on people. Uh, I would say Jimmy Cooper, 
Jimmy Stewart. God damn it, Andrew. And uh, <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. LaBeef. I feel yeah. like I feel, I just feel like uh, wow, really struggling here. Um, the performances I thought uh, they complemented each other. Like I I I, mm-hmm. I I I definitely was able to like look at them kind of the same way. And uh, I think it's I think it's a big lift to pull off a, a creeper and still be likable. Um, and I think that this movie makes it even harder because it's it doesn't quite understand the boundaries uh, mm-hmm. as as much as I think Rear Window probably did. Um, right. Also, you're dealing with children, so it's just kind of weirder, I think. Yeah. But, um, but I think I think Shy is so good uh, in this movie. Yeah. That's the thing is like they could have they hired the right guy if they wanted it to just be us watching him watch other people stuck Mm -hmm. in his house the whole movie with very little, you know, maybe only like big action at the very end. Like I could just watch him sit there watching TV and probably be entertained. Literally, you can watch Shia LaBeouf watch stuff for hours (laughs) if you want to. And it is entertaining. Like, he's just, you know, especially at that time before he was getting real weird with his shit. Can I I start going through my notes? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Okay, first is my first note of this movie is that Shia looks like a terrible fly fisherman. I think he's a pretty good actor, but he did not. He wasn't selling me. And I'm thinking like, uh, you know, that, you know, that poster for a river runs through it. You know, the yes. dude's like, so that's, that's fly fishing, f- fly fishing to me. Everything I know I've learned from movies and that's what fly fishing. Yeah. <laughs> if Shy if is just like schlopping his fly into the water, that ain't fly fishing, buddy. Um, I was worried about, yeah, and I was worried about them hooking each other because they were standing so close yes. together but not facing each other or not yeah. facing the same way. Yes. Well, and as Andrew said, everything any of us knows from movies and how many movies have you seen where somebody catches somebody's cheek? Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. So well, many. And can you f- yeah. can you fly fish in like a stream that tiny? I don't know. It, I say no. Creek. I say no. Yeah, I thought you need like a big lake or something. And the movie's literally called A River Runs Through It. Yeah. And yeah. it has the depiction of fly fishing for an entire generation. So I think you have to be at a river. Right. Um, anyway. <laughs> Not our generation, but No, of course. Generation. Like our like our parents or maybe like an, an aunt or an uncle. Um, uh, I also like it's it's crazy that this movie was made back when it wasn't illegal to talk on your cell phone while you drive. And it just kind of like... Because I remember seeing this scene in the theater and, you know, having just come from a car where I was probably talking on my cell phone while driving a stick Mm -hmm. shift. And it's like no problem. Um, And just seeing this is just like, oh, God, that's so dangerous, dude. You got to get off the phone. (laughs) Get a get a freaking Bluetooth. Um, So, yeah, it's weird because like I know I know that he probably, you know, I don't think they dive into this enough. But I feel like, yeah, he blames himself for his dad's death. And it's like, well. (laughs) <laughs> you should have been. You should have been on your phone, bro. Um, also, like, the, to the to dealing with the car crash for a second, it sets up a trope that will return ad nauseum throughout this film. That something pretty bad happens, and then it's like, <laughs> oh, it's okay, and then something much worse immediately <laughs> happens. Yes. Which yeah. they yes. pull that trick so many times in this movie. It's a good. It's a good car accident. It's rough. Yes. I think it is, I, yeah. 
I I think too. I like that him him looking into the car at his dad. Is great. Yeah. And great we don't shot. see the dad. Yes. Really, really I, unsettling. He's in, he's really good. And then I love I love the, the cut point because they cut when he's backing up and his head is has left the frame. So you're just seeing like his torso and it's like alone. It's not a good shot, but it's like the best place to cut. And I can't tell you why exactly, but it's perfect. Yeah, um, but that I do think seen. but but I do think like that car crash does set up like the tone of the violence really well um because mm -hmm. i think i do think you know this yeah this movie is kind of a mess tonally but there are like two there's two kind of polar opposites there's like kind of like the you know the banter in the first scene i think with his dad and then that with the violence of the car accident i think that kind of sets you up for the rest of the movie really yeah, I do think like I would want this movie to be lighter and especially with like sh sh with LaBeouf in it, like to have a little more comedy, a little more levity. But uh, I think when the movie starts this way, like it's a very heavy opening for like a teen, you know, thriller. Um, uh, but yes, I, I think you're right. It does kind of prepare you for what's to come. It's not going to be like a horror. You know, it's not going to be something like The Burbs. It's going to be something like uh I mean, I don't know exactly what I would compare it to, but something darker or something, uh, I don't know, more serious, I guess. And then right after that, you go into him punching his uh, teacher because he's dealing with all of this. You that know, teacher deserved it. Yeah, he was kind yeah, of Yeah, that was really bad. That was fucked yeah. up, I, man. It was so bad that I have a hard time believing he would put on, be put on house arrest for something like that. Well, they said it was like his third offense for assault. Uh, yeah so maybe that played okay. into it so so that's the that's yeah. the kind of the thing is that you know i was i would kind of like to know like how much time has passed it's like kind of crazy not knowing how long it took to get from kale being a, a good kid to a criminal on his last strike you know so like what else did yeah. he do maybe we get like a maybe maybe the the title sequence could be like a uh like a like newspaper clippings like a la saw and then you see like the crimes that he committed, you know, like he shoplifted. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like kind of mm -hmm. Fincher-esque look, kind of look to it. What do you think? Like seven. Like seven. Yeah, like, seven. Yeah. I yeah. was saying Saw, but seven, seven's even better. Yeah. yeah, it'd be like that. So we should do I, one I don't of remember those. the credits for Saw. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can see it. Or, and, or you could like intercut it with the um, the Austin. I am, oh, so I am with joking. The, the I am joking. Serial should, killers. They shouldn't, they shouldn't do that. <laughs> That's a terrible idea. Wait, we're not going to do a Mike and Andrew cut? No, I don't think so. Not for this one. Okay. We I only have so much energy. It's more than a cut. You need to shoot some more stuff. We may. You think we well, can get Shia well, back to reshoot some of these probably. scenes? I bet you. I bet you could. Yeah, <laughs> if any actor, <laughs> yeah, if, probably yeah. him. <laughs> if he'd, sure. he'd want, if it's some, some weird art project, he'd want to do it. <laughs> yeah. I also I want to note one of my my first note is. Uh, this is now at least the fourth movie that I have chosen that features a flaming bag of shit. On <laughs> wow. Also, he does. He did. He didn't deserve. So he, his teacher deserved to be punched. But Shia, wh why did he do that? Come on, man. Why did he punch, punch his him? teacher? No, why? No, why did he step on that bag? It's sitting on like oh, yeah. a concrete porch. It just and it was just it, so it was like pudding in there. It was so just creamy. let it burn out, man. And then yeah. it's like it was like on his 
ankle monitor. And it was it was everywhere. It was really no bad. Like yeah. you know what I thought is like uh, a good piece of direction that was missing. So literally he gets like a block down the street and then turns back and then the cops show up a second later and they pin him to the uh to the ground and i'm thinking this cop is friggin uh throwing shia down lying on top of him and this kid smells like absolute shit and he's and he, yeah. this cop is given no reaction so <laughs> uh yeah it's, a, it's like a zero out of ten for um direction because we need like we need some sort of like you know, like a a nasty smell reaction. Ooh, dookie. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Boom. We need so, maybe we can ADR that in, in. the ew. in the slow motion triple feature cut. Yeah, they'll just be the police officer going, ooh, dookie. <laughs> <laughs> also, the way that he got those kids back was so stupid. Like it wasn't yeah. satisfying at all. I was kind of thinking like, oh, he's gonna have to come up with some kind of long distance prank, like shoot. I don't know something into their window from from his from his house, but it's just like, oh yeah, he called their moms, their mom on on them, like right. oh, cool. It took, and he's like, I'm thinking, like he was like planning. So he was like, I'm thinking about what I'm gonna do. It's like that's the most obvious thing to do. Yeah, they, yeah, they set that up pretty pretty easily for him. Um, let's see what else we got here. I hate the montage where he's like destroying everything while he's doing yes! chores. Like he's like jumping on the laundry machine. That's one of my notes. Washer. It's insane. Yeah, that just bugs me. It's just it's too no no child. I mean, I hope. I feel I feel like that any child that is like that much of a psychopath when it comes to doing their chores is probably like yeah. a kid that actually doesn't ever do chores, and so this scene just right. wouldn't happen. It's like yeah. it makes he uh, yeah he's. He actually destroys the top of the washer. And, like, yeah. I'm thinking about his mom, who's, like, I don't know. Apparently, they were really wealthy when the dad was a writer. So, I don't know what the mom yeah. did. Maybe she was, a, maybe she didn't work or something like that. But now she's picking up hosting shifts at a restaurant, which is, like... I thought she was doing real estate. She maybe was I'm doing wrong. real estate. Oh, but is that then what is it was? she also doing... Maybe it was hosting That's an open house. That's what said. I think okay. that's yes. what it was. Yes. All right. Whew. Well, that helps a little bit. But I'm just thinking, like, she's out but working. <laughs> she's still working late, right? Yeah. She probably can't afford a new washer. And this kid's just absolutely destroying it. And then, like, the way he does dishes, just the pouring the, the, the soap like that, it's just, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's on the counter. You got soap on the counter now? Mm. It's insane. This is how you know we're getting old. Isn't, but isn't it also just, I, I haven't even seen The Matrix but I think it's a huge fucking bummer to see Carrie Ann Moss in this role. Like, she's good. She's a good actor. They're good mm -hmm. together. I like their scenes together. Me too. But she's barely in it. She really doesn't get to do anything cool other than, like, stab the guy at the end. Like, yeah. I wish it was like, I don't know, mom and son take down the... <laughs> Part of me thinks that her career is her choice. Um, just because, yeah, she was at the, t the, the, at the time of the Matrix and the Matrix sequels, like, there was nothing bigger in the world. And after those movies, which all did very well, like, she's just randomly yeah. in things, but nothing mm -hmm. significant. And this is, like, two or three years after, you know, 
doing yeah. backflips in The Matrix, the third one. So yeah. Well, I like, don't, she was yeah. in Jessica Jones, and I didn't watch that after the first season, but it's also, like, in that, okay, you're in, like, a superhero show. You are a famous action star, and she never, as far as I know, does anything. Mm-mm. She's, like, a business lady or something, and it's, like... yeah. And in this, it's like, this is like an action movie of a sort. And it's like, I would certainly believe Carrie Ann Moss could beat the shit out of a guy um, or be like a cool, badass mom lady. But she doesn't, she's, I don't know, it's weird. Yeah, also, it's so really... strange to see Viola Davis in the prime of her life in all these roles like this, always playing like a cop or a detective yeah. or something. It's really weird. I, I, that's one of my notes is Viola Davis exclamation point. Because, yeah, it's really like it was. It's the help, right? That's what made her, yes. famous. But she, but like we all knew, we all recognized Viola Davis and Octavia Spencer yeah. like, prior to that movie. Yeah, just randomly showing up and like literally, she has two scenes and a and a one where she's off camera. It's wild. And she has like two Oscars now or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> legitimately like yeah. one of the one of the one of the great actors of our generation and she yeah. does, she she has like a walk on part basically yeah uh, all right what else do we got um i thought it was weird that um that the first of all they need to put they should have put that kid in therapy uh instead of just yeah. letting him spiral and become a criminal um but I thought it was weird that after a scene in which the Viola Davis's character was talking about how like we got to keep this kid, you know, keep his keep his mind, you know, working, and we got to get you. You need to find something to do because people start to go crazy and they will try to leave their house, their the the premises, um, you know, sometimes within a couple days, and then. In the very next scene, we see Shia LaBeouf. You know, he's playing video games or whatever, and then his mom comes and like disconnects everything, so that he, you know, purposely making him bored. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I just kind of think if you're not gonna take, if you're not going to be proactive towards helping your son's mental health improve, then maybe not like actively making it worse. I don't know. Just <laughs> yeah. something I thought about. I also thought it was weird that kids ever hung out on iTunes. You know, like that, that was strange. Where it was just like, oh no, she disconnected my iTunes. And I just like, I don't, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? I didn't know what that meant. I never I used that. I don't iTunes. know. Yeah. It's so weird. Cause uh. like, I, I mean, I had, I, I had iTunes and I had music in it, but like, right. What does, is, are they, are they positing that like, all of his music exists within iTunes. He's bought every single song that he listens to one track at a time on the iTunes store in 2007. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't know what that meant. Well, Maybe you know, it was I use probably just all marketing. my music is in iTunes. Do you still but use I, iTunes? Yes. What is iTunes? I don't think I got rid of it. They don't support it anymore. It's a, they don't. Yeah. So it's, a matter of time but yeah okay. i still use an ipod i really related when he said that's 60 gigs of my life on there yeah. <laughs> i said mine's like a hundred 120 or something damn that's a big life yeah. see this movie came out before <laughs> they had the 120 gig ipod i know ah, and now they don't even make them anymore 
You know, I it's saw really a scary time. I saw an iPod at like a like cell phone or like just like electronic fix it story of the day. And I thought about buying it for you as like a backup, just so you have a backup iPod. Yes. Oh, I need to. I'm like going to just I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do when they stop putting them on eBay. And I mean, I haven't none of the ones that I've bought refurbished have worked properly at all. Oh, my God. <laughs> like they all suck. But you, you'll we'll figure out something for you if your iPod okay. breaks. That's suffice to say. We can talk about that on our on our, on our other podcast. Okay. Yeah. The the pod podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's where podcasting comes from, isn't it? That's right. Yes. Hmm. Full circle. Don't forget the iPod. <laughs> See, this does relate, Mike. This is like the the so like people like me who are really into like physical media, like, you know, Blu-rays and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Like we're really cool. Kit's like the nerdy version of somebody who's into physical media. I agree. Don't forget the iPods. You know, like nobody thinks that's cool. Everything's I'm cool, but nobody thinks Kit's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Uh, back to the movie. I do have one note that I thought was this is really just like coming like uh, going back to like the voyeurism and like the way this movie treats it. But there is like there's this scene where he starts where he first sees her start to unchange and uh, or undress, I should say. Uh, but he like takes his he takes the binoculars down and he like exhibits like genuine shame for like a fraction of a moment. Like he take he like looks down. He's clearly just like hates himself. And then he immediately like lunges at the window with his binoculars and starts, and you know, he's already got wet lips, but then he starts licking them. Did you guys, did you guys yeah. Anyway, I thought that was very funny and just yeah. kind of just very, uh, very much this movie. Like it, it wants yeah. to, it wants to like, you know, have, you know, the, the, his voyeuristic tendencies, like, you know, they're supposed to be shameful. Uh, but then also, I guess maybe it's just that he's a teenage boy and teenage boys have no shame. I, I don't know. But uh, it definitely drops the ball. And it is interesting, like, thinking about this compared to Body Double last week. Just because I feel like it's because voyeurism is so fetishized and fetishes are usually things people are, you know, ashamed of, at least outwardly. Uh it is interesting to like kind of compare the two. Yeah. That's the so, whole, yeah, the whole theme of the podcast right there. Well, and how many, like, <laughs> it's so funny, like, because she's a teenager, you know, she's like a kid and he's a kid too, but the movie's also like PG 13. So like, it's the same shot of her from behind taking a shirt off and mm -hmm. like sometimes wearing a bikini, sometimes wearing nothing. And it's just like you see that that's the only that's the only sexy thing that can happen is her taking a shirt off over her head from behind. <laughs> yeah. Very <laughs> different from body again. double. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely yeah. find that I'm getting as I get older, I'm getting more and more uncomfortable with seeing 18 year old girls uh, sexualized in movies. Is it is that happening to any any anybody else here? No. No? Okay. <laughs> I don't well, I mean, know. it makes it's... sense that it would happen as you get older. It's just weird because no. I've never thought I've, it's not even a thing I've really thought about before. But like, yeah, sex in teen movies is getting to the point where uh, I can no longer tolerate it. Really? What I mm -hmm. what I like less 
what I like less is that she, because I will say it's probably realistic that if he was stuck inside all day and a hot girl lived across the way from him and his house faced directly into hers and she had a pool in her backyard, that he would spend some of his time watching her. What I don't like is that she thinks that's hot. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, she's not only not mad about it, she's like, ooh, let me come over and fuck with you. Like, I just, I mean, maybe. To be fair. What? she She seems at least a little conflicted but i think her understanding that he's on house arrest and like literally can't leave i think maybe that's why it's permissible but i didn't mean to interrupt you but i think i just don't think i don't know i mean maybe those girls exist i've never i'm not one i've never met anyone who would realize someone was watching them swim with binoculars and would be like i'm gonna go date that guy right okay (laughs) well then to your point she she is also the same girl who her across the street neighbor like pushes his way into her car in a parking lot uh, who she also already suspects yeah. of possibly being scared. and he, he sits there and then when she goes to tell Shia, Shia LaBeouf and his friend about it she's like well I mean he didn't really he just asked for privacy so she's a very understanding girl. yeah I don't <laughs> she's very sheltered or something yes. I think she's yeah. just I, I think so she's just a I agree kid that it's she's, a ch- she's a child right I think yeah. you know I though think... I thought she was actually pretty good like her character was odd. I see what you're. I see what we're talking about. Um, but I don't know. I thought she, she was, was actually fine, like yeah. pretty good in the role. Like not as disposable as like some of maybe uh, Shia's other co-stars, female co-stars from this era that I can think of. <laughs> yeah. Did she ever? I recognize her a little bit. She I was in I Fired Up. All. It's a cheerleader camp movie that only. Oh I yeah. yes. <laughs> I didn't know that movie. Yeah um but uh i I didn't recognize her from a lot so actually i kind of want to three in this movie she was 23 yeah so i want to loop back around so andrew said Mm -hmm. that he cannot tolerate sex in teen movies anymore i'm i don't let me you just mean it's uncomfortable for you to watch yeah yeah not saying i'm not gonna watch teen movies anymore but i just mean like or that they shouldn't have it i think there are some that i could like i think i could watch like an american pie or something like that i think i think there's something about this movie specifically that triggered me because i really feel like shia looks 17 to me the his friend who was actually 24 um he looks young to me he's 42 now um, he played teenagers for like 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Guy. Yeah. Um, and then I thought, you know, her, her too, like she's, she looks and just like all, also just maybe it's part, part of like the era it came out with, like this movie came out when I was their age. So there is, right. there is something about like looking at like the clothes she's wearing that just feels, it feels like extra, like I'm looking at a, at a kid because I remember looking at kids who mm. look exactly like them. So there's just, okay. yeah, there's, there's something weird about her. Like, you know, uh, you mm. know, I don't know, pulling on her bikini bottom or yeah. Pulling, taking her shirt. It's just, it's, it's, I don't know. That's funny. It's weird to me. And it's also, it's also yeah. because it's, I think too, it's, it's because it's a PG 13 movie and 
there's something about that where it's like you want to show me but you can't there's something about that too it's like uh even with i don't know it's does this does this make any sense at all i mean i hear what you're saying yeah okay but uh i also i I I don't i i don't find it i don't find it titillating i can tell you that i've so i've i've got that i've got that going for me well there you go that's good um i just watched fast times again for the first time in a long time Mm -hmm. and you know no no qualms (laughs) never seen it that's like an iconic really you've never never seen seen it it's got one of the most most famous boobs in movie history really pretty cool just mm-hmm. the one? I yeah, it's great. It's like it's like the ultimate. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Andrew, this movie, the scenes you're talking about, that's a reference to Probably, Fast yeah. Times, I yeah. would say. Like every mo- every movie scene of a especially a teen girl, but virtually any girl getting out of a pool is a reference to Fast Times. Pretty I much. thought they were all a reference to freaking 10 with Bo Derek getting out of the ocean. Yeah, could be. Could be hints of that as well. I think if the girl has dreads. Yeah. <laughs> or cornrows, I guess. Braids, whatever. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, don't watch Fast Times if you cannot handle such things. Uh, no, it's not that I can't time. handle it. It's just also, I think. If you're not man enough. Okay. Well, but there's yeah, also. I'm not Fast man enough to watch like, a child undress. In Fast Times, you're They're watching a teen guy's fantasy of a teen girl, which can still right. be like uncomfortable if, like, I'm an old man and this is like a teen girl, like, getting out of a pool and showing her boobs. But in this movie, it's like the <laughs> you're in the head. Your point of view character is a guy with binoculars <laughs> watching a teen girl. And yeah. it's like that's just a little bit creepy. And the movie also does such a bad job of like the movie almost exists to defend that position <laughs> as opposed to like allow him to be being a little bit creepy. Yeah. Um. Where it's like, then he ends up giving a speech that proves, no, I watched you get out of the pool with binoculars because I actually am, love you and I'm paying attention and I see you better than other people. <laughs> so this was something I thought about asking on the other episodes of this podcast. But since we're here, I guess this is our last shot. I When I was younger, like probably between like sixth and then up through senior year, sixth grade up through senior year, I would like walk neighborhoods and I would never go up to windows and look at anybody. But oftentimes when you pass on from the mm-hmm. sidewalk, you can see because people have their blinds open and it's nighttime and it's fully lit inside their house. You can see what people are doing. Did you guys never like, I don't know. And, and we're, we're talking about something different than sex, too. But like, uh, for like on occasion, I would like as I was passing by, like, watch people it's like oh look there's people watching television or like oh there's somebody upstairs at their desk you know doing Mm -hmm. homework or something like that i never had you know either the temptation or the good fortune of seeing somebody like pulling off their shirt or doing her yoga poses or whatever that she was doing um yeah but i think my my um aunts and uncles i think this is where i heard on my dad's side would talk about how like because like both of that generation it was just like you were not at your house from like after school till like dinner yeah. <laughs> like you just yeah. were outside yeah. and Definitely. they would talk about like how they loved like walking through the neighborhood and just like looking into people's houses and i mm-hmm. love like one of the main reasons i love halloween so much and i miss trick-or-treating so much is because i love to like look inside of people's houses yeah i don't think i would just walk around like 
trying to see what's going on in people's houses necessarily, but when I was even, I, I was out walking, like listening to my li- listening to a CD or something. Yeah. But it was like as you're walking around, like you're looking where you're going and then people have like yeah. you know, bright lights for their living rooms. And I still um, like I love just to see inside of people's houses. Yes. I've, sure. I've always thought like I know the voyeurism is there's a much there's a big sexual thing with it, which mm. is kind of how we're getting to this part of the conversation. But I even think removed from that, there's something either just about me or whatever. I mean, just, I love to watch movies. I like to see people's lives and like, they, I don't know, they Mm -hmm. don't see me or whatever. Um, And so, yeah, these three movies we've watched now, there's this element of like watching people who don't know they're being watched and like seeing, although, I mean, I guess in Disturbia, she has a pretty decent idea that she's being watched eventually, but, uh, but yeah, seeing like what people are up to in the privacy of their own homes and all that type of thing. And I feel like that's something that like people literally broadcast from their own, like all of us are doing right now. Yeah. Uh, they, but they'll broadcast to the entire internet from within their own homes. So there's sure. almost less of an even concept of privacy or private life. Well, there's definitely less of that now. We were, we um, were doing that when Andrew was here and when we were, when we were eating ice cream and there was that guy next to the train tracks, we were all just like <laughs> on the ground watching him in his window and talking about how bad his lighting was and oh, trying yeah. to figure out, what he was doing he <laughs> like, went to the fridge like four he, times. like be- betting that he was probably a single man and <laughs> like all that stuff yeah i mean and like i think about like just when i'm sitting on my couch and there's like somebody walking down the street or i'll mm. or like up in my bedroom i'll like watch people walk down the street or get in their cars or whatever yeah uh, not usually watch them undress but sometimes no uh, yeah i've Although... never had that happen like i've never seen i think anyone like naked I think I am the one walking around naked. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, The only thing I had that I can remember like that was a friend and I were walking at night uh, out on a golf course by my house. And we were just walking kind of down the middle of the the green or the fairway or whatever you'd call it. And uh, there was an old man way up on the second floor of his house. And it was it was late at night and he the light came on. So we kind of looked over there and he was naked other than white uh, tidy whities. And I guess he was getting up to go to the restroom, but I remember watching him like cross the room and his like big fat gut and, and his tidy whities. And so that was the closest I got. There was no, uh, you know, <laughs> this lady from Disturbia or anything like that. But uh, my mom got uh, there was a guy who used to photograph. W- I lived in a condo complex as when I was as a little kid. Yeah. And there was a guy who would. I don't know if he just had binoculars. I think he was taking pictures of like my mom and presumably other women at yeah. the pool and he got you know in trouble for that weird interesting <laughs> yeah yep. that, i feel like that's actually that's probably part of it with the movies we watch adding film because all of them do add well no body double does not but photography is an element of rear window and then he's got mm-hmm. his camcorders in this so i think that that does add a layer of skeeviness to it um, but anyways, I guess it came up as something I thought if the conversation was in a lull, I was like, ah, oh, that'd be a good uh, thing to chat about mm-hmm. just yet. Cause we haven't really brushed up against like voyeurism and stuff like that as we've watched these movies. Cause like the previous two movies, we had plenty to talk about the films themselves, but yeah, just the, the theme of voyeurism throughout the triple feature. I was like, we haven't really gotten into that. You know, anyway. one thing not to derail mm-hmm. you, but like one thing that I thought was 
really interesting watching this movie and comparing it to the other two is I think each one has a a unique uh, setting that works with the premise. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. So like the 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 apartment building thing worked very very well, and I thought like the uh, the two houses in the like the Hollywood Hills or wherever the hell that was, um, like I thought that looked good and made sense for the movie and the story they were telling. And I thought, I thought, oh, the suburbs, that's also a good place for, I mean, maybe this, maybe this, uh, you know, this idea like works anywhere with windows, like that's possible. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) but I just, yeah, that was one thing I was thinking like that. Oh, this is, this is cool. You know, and there is like kind of a geography that you kind of pick up on. Um, you know, like I can, I can definitely picture like, the girl's house, the dude, the murderer's house, and then like yeah, the other couple houses. Like I kind of know where they are just in my brain, you know, on that street. Yeah. So I think I like that's that. a good point. That is a part of what's fun about these movies is like you get such like mm-hmm. the setting is such a character. Like mm-hmm. um Yeah. Especially Rear Window. Like it's famous for that. But also body double and I and wish it this. had been exploited more here, that house. Yeah, yeah. And... that's that's true. I felt like I never had I never got the setting like the sense of place or whatever in disturbia like particularly his house which you really need when he's like shut in for three months yeah um so there are multiple places in this movie where people travel impossibly fast so that kind of started to bug me Mm -hmm. after a while uh so some examples i noted was the guy uh like uh shia is showing ronnie uh the stuff he's watching he's observing around the neighborhood uh, and he's like the guy was cheating on his wife like across the street or whatever and it's like the lady leaves house to go play leaves her house to go play tennis and like five seconds later his car pulls up and he rushes inside and he's like pawing the uh and she was she's walking the uh the wife yeah. was like walking not yeah. driving <laughs> yeah so she would have been like maybe 20 feet down the sidewalk when he rushes yeah. into the house yeah uh, and then uh, the villain returning from like the hardware store to the house. It's See, like he's just there immediately. Yeah, but I will say um, that they, that kind of does happen in Rear Window too. Not that that makes it good or or true. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I did, and true. then the, and and they all. Oh, that's another thing that they stole from Rear Window is that um, that really tight long shot, like right juxtaposed to the to his house of like the alleyway where the car is going to turn on. That's like the street. Yes, the shot of the yeah, street. That's true. Yeah. Um, and then I guess on top of that, there's lots of just things that are improbable. Uh, like him, his friend going into the closet, like he runs out of the house and they think that he's trapped in the serial killer's house. And then he's like, he texts him and he's like, Hey, check your closet. And then he thinks the friend is dead. Uh, well, and it's like, know, why did that? the friend scream on video? Like right. what? We never find out like what happened that made yeah. him do that. I guess, my assumption was that the guy did chase him out of the house or that he did see the guy or something, but they never, yeah, that wasn't even very clear. So it's like the, the serial killer seemed confused by that. Like he might not have even caught onto it. Although somebody had to close the garage door, I suppose. Yeah. And he broke that lamp. I mean, the dude knew he was there for sure. That's yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So he definitely would have known, but yeah, he never says anything about it, but then I guess he doesn't really live that much longer. Anyways, the serial killer guy. Um, Then there's also, like he just happens to have a red wig handy so that he can dress up like the girl from the club and then drive her beetle away, her whole Volkswagen. Yeah. Um, which 
possible he specifically found a girl with red hair at the club. Well, and they also, that's the thing, is it's like, that that's one of my problems. There's so many times in this movie, but, like, that's the best example of it, where they keep referring to her as the redhead, the redhead, the redhead, uh-huh. which, one, I just don't think that's how teenage kids in 2007 would refer to a girl, like... So they, but they keep saying it, and so I'm like, okay, so what's gonna happen is she's going to get murdered, and then they're gonna see a redhead leaving the scene, and they're gonna be like, oh, I guess she left. Like they want, like they're it, they're just so ungainly about making sure you know that she has red hair, so that right. if you so, to set up their stupid ruse, and then also when Shia <laughs> goes into his like murder basement, and he sees the wig, he like fingers the wig, yeah, between it, and I'm like. Would you ever in a million years be like, let me I'm he's ostensibly searching for his mom who he believes is imperiled or already dead. Right. And he's just like slowly touching the guy's shit. Like, no. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Um Oh, I also said just uh the fact that the guy constantly has his shades open seemed kind of improbable to me. <laughs> Uh, well, and he's also, I mean, I know there have been cases where cops have come to a serial killer's house and they're like, sure, come. Like, he's just so confident yeah. that his shit is hidden. But when the cop, like, and so when they come and he, they, like, want to see the bloody bag in his garage, he's like, oh, yeah, go ahead. Um, he's not, like, just, he doesn't seem nervous at all. But yeah. then when the cop eventually, like, goes into the house, the cop is immediately, like, something's fucked up like he takes his gun out like he's scared you know that that place must stink yeah to high heaven it's like it's just anyway i don't know yeah there's some i would love to get i would love to see the plans of that house because well they do show them in the movie that's That's true true. (laughs) they literally roll out the schematic you can get them anywhere there's public information you can get the blueprints for any house i can get the blueprints for your house you have to file them with the city Really? I can, that's how vent I can, guy knows where all the vents are. That's right. I, I can that. I can look that's up how he knows. I can look up the schematics for your house and all of the uh permitted work that's ever been done on it. Really? I didn't know that. Where do you where what uh government like department or agency? I don't know. <laughs> okay. I mean oh. you can Google well, you, you, you can seconds ago. the interior. Y- yeah, you the can M I six. Um you can uh, you can Google it and fi- and you could probably pull your stuff up online, like it's free okay, information. Cool. But you're you're gonna uh, the only reason I know this is because I bought a house last year and I had to learn all those right. things. So you'll okay. you'll figure it out. It'll come to you. Good to know. Yeah. Um, uh, a couple more notes. Uh, we already talked about his speech. Uh, you're looking at books. I'm only looking at you. That was <laughs> awful. It felt like Jerry Maguire, um, to me. <laughs> Uh, sure. uh, this so this bad. movie, I said, it has the mild orange and blue tinting thing of that time, uh, which preceded our current era of just like barely any color and just no gray. light at all. Yeah. yeah, everything's gray and completely bled out. But it looks, um, I think the movie looks kind of nice, particularly the sky in different yeah. parts of the movie. I I noticed of like, oh, it looks pretty. And Lee's yeah. like, I think it's shot pretty well. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's, it's got a little bit of a nice atmosphere to it. And yeah, like it looks... Yeah. Nice and suburban. I think visually um, it's a little unremarkable, but it, there are there are shots that I really really like. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, I don't know. And I, I, think, I think that the, the kind of, um, you know, hot and cool color temperatures just, like, pull to the extreme. I think that is starting here, but I think it, like, doesn't... I think it picks up in earnest with Transformers, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, I feel like around this time, like, when I was, like, late college... And then when I was living in Portland for a few years, it was kind of like, for like sure. every movie was just like, what is yeah. going on? Like, if you look at, like, the first Transformers now, it looks so insane Yeah, mm-hmm. how saturated and weird. I mean, everyone is just bright orange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it looked weird at the time. Um, Mike was right. The final note, yet again. <laughs> um, my final note was that I laughed because it, when we, I watched the movie with Sarah and she was like, that girl's so average looking. <laughs> uh, and it, I feel like it's Kit and Sarah are both brunettes and they just have this ongoing war against uh, girls with with blonde hair. Just, ugh, you know what, what I a, know? You know what, what I thought looking. about her is that she I it took me a long time to get a read on what her face actually was. Yeah. Like I couldn't like I wasn't sure I was looking at the same girl. Yeah. Every time she would pop she, up in a scene. She does have a little bit of that to her i know what you mean but i also thought she was very convincingly like just the cute girl next door she wasn't yeah. like a big hollywood beauty she wasn't like i don't i would not say she was average looking um but yes but i do i know what you mean by that but yeah if she'd had brown hair though 10 out of 10 stunner um <laughs> we all know the, you don't mean that the uh <laughs> the other thing i said was that uh sarah asked me because we just bought a house uh sarah asked me um when they were kind of showing the villain's house, like during that scene, when they're like finding all the bodies and stuff, Sarah goes, would you live in that guy's house after he moved out? I really liked the shot when he goes as stupid as I think it is that he has all these like secret fucking rooms in his house. Yeah. The shot of like the false wood panel door open into the like medical stark white room was like a cool mm-hmm. yeah. image. Creepy. Mm-hmm. But anyways, that was my notes uh, kit. And if you had nothing else to add, I believe Andrew has some factoids for us. These are just I have nothing the, else to add. It's okay. just, it's just IMDB trivia. Mostly I, I watched this on Amazon uh, and I watched it over the course of like a day on my phone so that's cool mm-hmm. um yeah. but i've seen it before so it's fine um but i sometimes <coughs> i like to tap the little trivia like thing and just see what kind of <laughs> trivia they got and this movie has some of the like i would laugh out loud at some of the trivia because it would be like <laughs> one of them was like not to be confused with rihanna's song also titled disturbia <laughs> or um let's see there's another one that's really funny uh <laughs> The title Disturbia God, is a play on words. I thought it was the song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The title Disturbia is a play on the words disturb and suburbia. Oh. <laughs> Very cool. Pull there, it is, all together. There, there is some good stuff. Uh, apparently that the copyright holders of the original short story Rear Window is based on. They sued DreamWorks, Paramount Pictures, and Spielberg for using the story without permission. And then oh. uh, the, a judge dismissed it, saying that the main plots are similar. Yeah only at a high and unprotectable un- level of generality. I only kind of agree with that. I mean, I agree they add a lot of their own flavor, but there's definitely, like, the main thing is, like, very much I, Rear Window. Even more so than I, I think. I just think it's like, bullshit that you can own Rear Window. 
at this well, show. Well, so sure. that's, that's a distinction, though, is it was the short story that Rear Window was based on. So I've actually not read that. So that's maybe, a good point. Yeah. Maybe Disturbia is further removed from that. I don't know. But I or think maybe like, the judge like, was wrong. But like What Lies Beneath came out a few years before this. And like the first half of What Lies Beneath is basically just an actual remake of Rear Window until it's a ghost story. Um, well, this, this, this made me laugh a lot to prepare for his role. Shia LaBeouf spoke to many former house arrest detainees. And it made me think about Hmm. like how often you see that factoid about an actor preparing for a role. Mm -hmm. And I just like wonder how often it's bullshit. I feel like most of the time, uh, it's just like, no, you did not go work at Wendy's for, you know, two days to learn how to work at a drive through or whatever. Uh, yeah, anyway, that just made me laugh. Um, let's see what else we got. Oh, it's the same house from Zathura. That's fun. Mm. Oh, interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, this scene at the beginning of the film between Kale and his father was improvised. That's fun. That's a good factoid. There was a moment that happened where I could tell, and I can't remember what it was, but I was like, oh, they clearly, he clearly improvised that, and it was good. And it made me, like, again, Shia LaBeouf, very fucking watchable. I know. In this it's, era. It's, un- it's unfortunate what happened to him, but yeah, he is, he's a very, very good actor. Um, yeah. And very, yeah, very charismatic, and yeah, he... Uh, he, he really didn't need to uh, do all that shit. <laughs> No, he didn't. You know? He didn't. I know. It's a bummer. And the what thing is, it? the thing that's tough, I think, I mean, whatever. Like, you can still watch a Shia LaBeouf movie if you want, but uh, most of them are boring um, or bad. But, like, he's still, like, Honey Boy, the movie that he wrote about yeah. his life that came out, like, a couple years ago, like, that movie's fucking great, and he's really good in it. He's not the best part of it, but, like, he's really good and really watchable, and it's a really interesting movie. Um and yeah, he still does cool stuff once in a while, but yeah, it sucks that he's also what, such a freak. What what did he do? I didn't. Well, I, I know mean, that he's it's not been, a lot, in a lot of movies. It's been like you know ten years of him being like a a weirdo, like doing some sort of that something that he would claim is like some sort of performance art, just like his yeah. persona. But then he's also like you know getting in trouble for assaulting the women he's with. Um, so that's not great. And, okay. I didn't know and about that. being just like unprofessional, like really unprofessional for, I mean, for years now that like, it's like, he'll just choose to fuck something. It, he does like everything that James Franco does, but I think worse. And then also like if James Franco didn't do that stuff, we probably would have all forgotten he exists by now. Cause mm-hmm. he's not that. He's fine, but like he, I think Shia LaBeouf is way more talented, absolutely, as an actor and a and a like creative person than James Franco. So like, he needs it even let like just be <laughs> just be a good actor. I know, but yeah, he like punch he punches people. He got in trouble. He you know he was accused of abusing multiple girlfriends. He like. Alec Baldwin hates him. <laughs> like, well, and Alec Baldwin's a piece of shit too. But you know, he's just very chaotic. He seems to be a person to me who cares so much about what people think about him that it causes him to like double down on things and do even worse things 
in order to make it seem like he doesn't care about what people think about him. Yeah. And it's very, it's like, I find it very uncomfortable to watch him be interviewed because it feels like he's trying so have you hard. Seen his, have you seen his oh. Hot Ones? No, I don't watch that show. You don't watch don't Hot don't Ones. Watch That's eat voluntarily. Okay, fine. Well, anyway, he's, him and Paul Rudd are the two best Hot Ones episodes. He, and I do, like, I think, I think he, there are really likable things about him. But if you think, you could also think about this. The only person who's ever worked with him more than once is Michael Bay. Yeah. <laughs> well, and so Spielberg. does that tell you anything? <laughs> yeah. And Spielberg. That's interesting. The I was going to say the only thing I really remember from his like public escapades or whatever was that he did the thing where he watched all that of his rules. movies. Like he live streamed him watching all yeah. of his movies. That was the, great. Which is career, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah. That was that was the but, thing um, that made me think like, oh, he's he's actually he's actually going to be normal now. Like to me, yeah. like what when he did that and then watching him like because I, I watched like a big chunk of that live stream um, and just seeing the way he was like reacting to stuff. It felt like I was watching somebody complete therapy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like, well, and that was it was posed, I think, a little bit as a like, I'm sorry for being such a fucking so fucked weirdo. Up the last, <laughs> like it was his first yeah. round of like apologies. OK, mm-hmm. is how I recall it. Yeah. I knew it had something to do with like, I, I guess I knew that he had been like troubled, like he had like a drinking problem or drug problem yeah. or yeah, something. Yeah, like, he has that. The, what was that? Andrew? He like a, he attacked somebody at like a a, a comedy club. Okay. Um, where like yeah, he definitely he dr- does a lot of punching. Y- yeah. I think. Okay. Well, then there you go, perfectly cast in this. Anyway, film. he sucks. Mm-hmm. But um, does he really? Okay. We I think we he don't sucks. Love him? No, okay. I don't think so. I lo- I I do think he's legitimately a good actor. I think yeah. he and I think a really good actor. <laughs> I think he's a really good actor. Like I remember watching right before he started getting it was like right when he was trying to like escape the all the ridicule he got for Transformers and Indiana Jones and was trying to do like kind of weird stuff. And I remember watching the first 20 minutes of this movie he did called something charlie countryman i don't remember the Mm -hmm. full title oh yeah it is truly one i like i had i i i a force that i cannot put into words made me shut that movie off because it was so relentlessly horrible however Hmm. just like watching him navigate as an actor like insane subject material and scenes that don't make sense uh, from one to the next and don't feel like they're in the same movie, but watching his performance and remember movies are shot out of order. It just felt like even through the chaos of a script that made no sense, direction that made no sense, uh, just everything not working. There was this one thing that did work and it was Shia LaBeouf and he was clearly doing it completely by himself. Now I didn't finish the movie. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but like that was the feeling that I got and I have sent, and I felt that every single time I've seen him in something since then, which is not often, but I think, I think he could have been one of like the great actors like yeah. working right now, and he just yeah, he just squandered it. That's too bad. Yep. Well, speaking of people who, or I guess maybe we should move on to people who did not squander it. 
Uh, it's time for the, the cruise minute. Unless we have little stragglers. <laughs> have little stragglers. No, let's do it. Dun, 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 dun. Cruise minute. Okay, I actually have one this week. What do you got? Okay. I uh, listened to two episodes of the Light the Fuse podcast where they interviewed... Which, that is a podcast that is now, like, I don't know, 50 episodes deep of them interviewing people who worked on the Mission Impossible films. Uh, so it goes in very deep on those movies. And uh, they had Brian De Palma on, finally. So I listened to his two episodes. And uh, there's some good stories about Tom in there. Uh, but, uh, you know, mostly kind of him working with him as a producer, along with... Uh, is it Paula Wagner? Is that who the other producer was? Yeah. I not any, I mean, they don't, they don't work together anymore. But, yeah, she okay. was. So, uh, but yeah, no, so it was, uh, fun to listen to. They, it's a two part thing. Most of it, the first interview is about Mission Impossible. And then the second half is kind of more about De Palma's career in general. So very much worth a listen for Tom Cruise fans or Brian De Palma fans, or just, uh, I don't know, people that like to listen to podcasts. So is this the same, wait, was it, was it Empire that did the big series with McQuarrie where he just like went no, this scene is by just scene? Two guys. Okay, there's because there's one yeah. podcast. I think it's the uh, there's one podcast, um, where it's like I think they did it after Rogue Nation and after Fallout. But Chris McQuarrie just spends like four hours talking to the host, and they just go through like every detail of the movie. Which if you yeah. don't if you don't want to know every detail of the movie, then definitely don't listen to it. But it's interesting. Yeah. Huh. I, uh, I got some when they did that. I got some cruise news, and I don't know okay, if what it's, you got. I do not know it is if it's true, but there's a there's a new rumor that he's got a lady in his life. Kit, do you know who it is? Oh my. Kit? No. I might have heard do, this, but I don't remember. Do you, is it you somebody want, that I'll know? Yeah. You don't want to take a guess, Kit? Just like a I, wild stab in the dark, I'll, who it could be? I'll take a guess. But I guess I'm not invited to guess here. Haley Atwell. It's Haley Atwell. Oh, very nice, Tom. Well, we're scared. I mean, like this I'm is a little this, scared. This is yeah. Why is because this because technically one should not date Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we love we adore love Haley Atwell. <laughs> we do. We're scared. So here's what if yeah. What if she What if it him? all goes great? Well, what well, if it, yeah? What if it's? I don't care if it goes great. Maybe I care if what him. maybe she saves him. She's yeah. definitely strong. Well, that's what, it would, okay. what would going great be if not that? <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> Sure. <laughs> maybe it goes great and they have a beautiful scientology wedding <laughs> maybe sure <laughs> but uh yeah there's a picture of them at like some sort of uh soccer game or something and they look happy hmm. it's good she's a very pretty lady so congratulations she's Tom. the prettiest lady oh they she were is. at wimbledon together oh my 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 oh okay yeah whatever i think they look too similar to date <laughs> they look i don't think they look similar he has very small boobs compared I'm gonna to I'm going to show you this picture. <laughs> That's true. All right. Are we getting a Haley picture two, or are we getting a Tom the, picture? Both of them. And they look okay. like brother and sister. <laughs> oh, I kind of see it. The smile. And I like also, it. she's my pick to take over the franchise. So I don't want anything to endanger that. Could be cool. Anyways. Well, congratulations to Tom. We wish, <laughs> you, all, we wish you both the best. And Haley. Congratulations to Haley. I don't know. I'm, I'm a little worried. Don't. Maybe, maybe just maybe just Mike <laughs> wishes them the best. <laughs> All right. Well, why would you wish them the worst? I, don't want to, I, don't I want wish. To go well I wish, yeah, I wish them the best, and the best maybe they don't date. Yeah, sure. I wish, Whatever it I, ends up being. I wish Haley Atwell the best, and uh, Tom Cruise is gonna be fine no matter what. 
It's true. He's a handsome man. You know you're a good-looking guy when I'm looking at a picture of you and Haley Atwell, and I'm still I'm like looking at both of you instead of just yeah. looking at Haley Atwell. Yeah, that's true. Uh, all right, Kit, do you have a cruise minute? Are you, uh, wait, I guess. Uh, oh no, that was that was Andrews. Did you have one? No, I mean other than that, I sent you guys that comment on a Pajiba <laughs> article or oh, whatever, the thing. where the guy broke down that scene, the 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 like. Uh, women's group scene at the end of Jerry Maguire and I was yeah. like okay I do understand this that was interesting I still don't think it's good but <laughs> I get it I liked I liked that explanation I thought it was cool all right well thank you for joining us tonight folks but Mike please join us next week for <laughs> but Mike wait what are we gonna be watching next week oh yeah thank you Andrew uh, I don't know. What are we going to watch next week? Uh, I got some ideas. Um, we can well, talk about them. Should we talk about them off air? And then yes. uh, I'll read the last little bit. And then we'll. Okay. So please join us next week for a triple feature with Andrew. Uh, Andrew's of, of Andrew's choosing that will be even better than this one. Even better than the last one. And mm-hmm. uh, it'll be good. It might be, it might be my best triple yet. Oh, Better than the three Superman movies? <laughs> you can't say you didn't think that was a good triple now because you've already said it was it. like 10 times. Yeah, it was. I mean, no, Kit loved it. You're roped in. You said you, you said it was interesting. It was interesting. I, oh you God. should know, though, I call a lot of things interesting. But no, no, it was fine. You're, it was good. I just like I'm just busting your chops. All, all right. right. Well, uh, I, I, slow I'll, motion. I'll, I'll do something very different this time. Okay, we'll we'll watch okay. the the first three Spider-Man movies instead. <laughs> okay, <laughs> much better. Thank Mike you. would love that. He would. I do like the first one. Um, slow motion triple feature was recorded in a hastily built treehouse that just appeared without explanation one day in the yard next to Reese Witherspoon's mansion. Special <laughs> thanks to our producer Lee, the man in the booth who makes us sound great. If you'd like to contact us, please do so at slowmotiontriple at gmail.com. 